Welcome to the Real Estate Survival Guide, the show that teaches realtors how to create a thriving real estate business. Welcome to today's interview. So excited to have you guys with me and honored to have my friend Dave Tester with us today. So Dave was recently on a membership call and absolutely crushed it. Dave is a leadership coach and basically teaches people how to get good at sales, how to overcome their fears of being on the phone. And so many of us in the real estate business struggle with this. So he came on the membership and I was very, very thankful that he was a special guest with us. So I know you guys are going to appreciate what he has to share so much. So enjoy my interview today with my friend, Dave Tester. There we go. It's like I've never done this before. So we'll introduce Dave in a second. I want we're doing kind of like we've done before. Dave's our guest expert. I'll share that on the podcast. But I'd like to really quick hear from Vincent. Are you done the classes? You knew I was going to call on you. Yes, I did. You're done? I'm done. I'm in the studying process before I go take my test. Awesome. We're so proud of you. So, Dave, uh, Vincent is 18 years old, joined us when he was not even 18 yet, was not even a realtor, was doing his classes. So he's been working through those. Um, Sarah, I messaged you and you didn't answer. So I'm going to ask when your next showing is. I have no idea. At this Okay. Point. You're going to message me because I'm going to we're going to get you post on social media. You did do a better job this week. So good job. You shared some stuff. And mm-hmm. I think that was great. Thanks. Um, was it hard? It's not that it's hard. Like I told you before, it's just that I'm scatterbrained, you know, like I literally think about it. And then it, the thought just like, I don't know. I just am so like, I want to be on time. I want to make sure I, I just have a million other things. It's all excuses. Excuses are the nails that build your house of failure. I know that Ooh, yeah. so I just got to get, stop making the excuses. Yeah. Well, yeah, good stuff. We'll, uh, we can dive in and I'm going to keep pushing you. I'm going to keep pushing you because I know you can do this. I know it'll build success. So let's introduce Dave. Uh, Dave, so honored to have you here. Dave's a friend of mine. He's in my mastermind group. He has 30 years and I shared in the group. So a lot of, you know, but for those listening, Dave has 30 years of sales experience and just teaching people to uh, get good at sales. And a lot of it is through, um, you know, phone calls, right? He teaches to big organizations, growing their business through um, dials, right? And so he has a couple books. You can look them up on Amazon. Uh, One is Dialing Strangers, which is great. And so I wanted Dave to come on, and I'm so thankful to have him on because a lot of us in our business talk about those objections. And Dave speaks to people about this every week in his job. So Dave Tester, thank you so much. Proud to know you and welcome to the call and the podcast. Thanks, John. What a thrill to be on. And from Vincent to Jeremy, Madison to John, Sarah, Sue, Josh, Heather, uh, Christopher and Hannah are just, uh, they are so still. Uh, it's amazing. Hannah's got a great kitchen there, Chris. That's a good looking suit. Alyssa and Deborah <laughs> can't see you, but John, what a, what a thrill for me to be on with your crew as well. I shared with John this morning and I must say, uh, I am in the Northwest and I woke up, I'm looking out, there's a foot of snow on the ground. And this is no April 3rd joke, but there is a foot <laughs> of snow on the ground. And I have a training that is uh, three hours away from me today. So I'm looking forward to my journey in the snow. So uh, John, thank you. And 
just what you're doing for young people. We always say what we do for real estate is good for our pocketbook, but what we do for others trying to get into real estate like Vincent is good for our soul. So that's uh, what I'm looking forward to, forward to today. Well, I appreciate it, man. You've got so much. So let's jump into it. I would just kind of, I mean, I know I shared briefly with the group, you know, your career trajectory, but kind of tell people exactly what you do and how you help people through your business. Sure. Well, I love to tell stories. And uh, when I was in sixth grade, my grandfather had a great big cowboy hat and this was in Montana and he was a rodeo announcer. And my vision, John, was to be a rodeo announcer. I wanted to be a broadcaster, and I would ride with him to rodeos. And my hope was I was going to be able to announce a rodeo. Now, keep in mind, I'm around Vincent's age. I'm uh, in fifth or sixth grade. Now, Vincent, I'm teasing you, obviously, but uh, I'm a young guy. You know, I can't even see over the announcer stand, and I keep asking my granddad, can I have the microphone? Can I have the microphone? And fortunately for me, I mean, he kept saying, no, no, no. But Mother Nature, the restroom called. He had to go to the restroom. So he handed me the microphone and uh, I grabbed that microphone. I was like, hello. And I was hooked, John. I became a broadcaster. So I spent the next uh, 20 years as a broadcaster. I was a sportscaster uh, on television, ABC, CBS. I worked for ESPN and Fox. And as John knows, uh, uh, I am a Heisman Trophy voter. And for those of you that don't know what a Heisman Trophy voter is, don't worry a bit about it because uh, <laughs> uh, it's, it's some places I go, I go, hey, I'm a Heisman Trophy voter. And somebody says, does that mean for top performer in uh, Century 21? I go, no, it has nothing to do with that. But uh, others uh, like that. And, uh, and then one day my contract didn't get renewed and I became an accidental salesperson. Uh, I wasn't in the business anymore. I didn't know what I was going to do because that had been, you know, as I told you, since sixth grade, I was going to be a broadcaster. So somebody said, you've got the gift. I got it. Be a sales guy. And I don't know about all of you, but at some point you were probably promised a big list and this is going to be easy. Just show up and use your great personality. And I discovered I was a professional visitor. And if you don't know what a professional visitor is, I was really good at talking to people, but I did not close any business. So I started studying sales, and some of the first sales I did was in radio and television, which made sense. I had a love of it, and I decided from my background in hosting talk shows that the telephone could become my friend, and part of it is, if you think about it, John, I've got a, an audience of a listener. I've got the person on the telephone. I've got myself. And I've got to be able to manage that conversation and then also be able to convince them of something. It could be a clear next step, anything like that. So your first note for everybody here, our goal is to get a micro agreement. So jot that down. I already know this, and I know that 90% of what you write down, you'll remember. So we want to get a micro agreement. Our first agreement isn't to say, hey, will you do a listing with me? My micro agreement is, will you agree to go have coffee? That's my micro agreement. A day like today, I would drive around and see whose homes their driveway isn't shoveled. And when I say their driveway isn't shoveled, I'm not just talking about today. I can say their driveway hasn't been shoveled for three, four months. And there's a lot of summer homes where I live. And I realize that's an opportunity and for me in real estate. So it's a micro agreement. So I think about this when I make a phone call, the first thing I want to do is just have a conversation. So many people get uptight and they'll say something like, all right, it's 10, 11, 
is now a good time to call? No, probably not because it wouldn't be for me. Here's my philosophy. The best time to call is when somebody answers the phone. So John, my original degree in college was in journalism. Then as I started studying and doing sales and managing sales team, my, my second degree, I would arguably say is in sales. And I used to make up names, you know, I'm a business development, I'm a trusted advisor. And then finally I said, I I love sales. Well, I don't want to sound like a used car salesperson. Well, there's some very good used car salespeople. There's some very good ones. So if if you want to compare me to the ones that are very good, I'm I'm fine with that. So that's how I discovered my niche. So for all of you, I'm probably one of the rarities that will make actual, and I call them cold calls. They're not really cold calls, but I make live cold calls. So like in a group like this today, if Tina Sears said, there's a prospect I can't get a hold of, or Josh Meyer said, will you call one of my customers and get me a five-star Google review? Or if Heather said, oh, well, let's see what you're made of. Here's somebody that said they were going to get back to me. I would make the actual call for you on this today. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the masterminds that John and I are in, um, a gentleman named Vincent, and I just call him Vinny. John, can you say his last name? You're good at last names, how to say them properly. Well, everybody here probably knows it because I talk about him like it's my job. He he owes me a dollar each time. So I say Puglisi, but I think the actual Italian way is Puglisi, and no one says it like that, so he just lets it go. So yeah. Puglisi is how we all, I had to make sure two of us that we concur. So <laughs> Vincent had me fill in on one of his masterminds, and apparently the other guy didn't want to show up, so they asked me to do it. But the irony was, first of all, typically it was a group of 50 and only five had showed up. And when I asked the five for their phone numbers, nobody brought a phone number with it. So it shows where we go immediately whenever we bring the telephone up. And John, typically the first thing we hear is, well, my business is different. I don't do cold calls. And that's kind of the beginning of it. So I became a sportscaster, a broadcaster. I became an accidental salesperson. I started studying that. And now my role is to be an encourager. I used to call myself a coach and a mentor, but most recently, a year ago, I did spend a a solid 365 days in the real estate industry. I built a call center in Las Vegas for a mortgage company. And our concept as a mortgage company is, I kept saying, how can I add value to you as realtors? So I said, I would call your age data. And so that's what I do, John. I'd say, hey, give me your age data. I would call and then I would call you back and say, John, I've got these five people that are interested in a home now. I want to give it to you. So I'm adding value. I always believe value. Here's another one you can jot down is if you're better off after you met with me than before, you've added value. So you need to ask yourself and Vincent, especially as you get into this business is always ask your customer, are you better off after you met with me than before? And if you are, I've added value. If not, well, what can I do to add value? So, John, you can imagine if I came to you in the outer Philadelphia area and said, hey, I've got these five leads, these people that are interested in, in uh, moving ahead now. I wanted to make sure I gave those to you. I would assume at some point you're going to say, hey, tester, um, help me finance these people. And that was our concept. So spent a lot of time with realtors. We did a lot of classes where they would come in. And obviously at the time, Las Vegas was a very robust market and uh, you just had to show up. Now, what I appreciate about all of you, you got to show up with a hard hat on and that's the difference. So John, a lot of times you'll ask me what time it is and I'll build a watch. And that's kind of what I did there. But 
just shares my background. I've always said I've uh, got a backstage pass to life, and I've been very blessed with uh, the athletes. The Masters are this week. Uh, I've built a great relationship, for those of you that are sports fans, with Jim Nance. I'm going to get to spend some time with him in the tower here in about a month. And and uh, uh, Philadelphia fans, I don't have a ton of Philly stories, but there was a quarterback. His name was A.J. Feely. He was a backup for a number of years, and A.J., we did football camps together and things like that. But usually there's just a small, you know, seven degrees of separation. A guy will know, and I'll, Shuckman will see a football helmet will show up, and it'll. And he's like, how that, what, How did he even know I was a Philly fan? So that question about birthday cards, I'll just dovetail into this. And uh, yeah. I'm a big fan of giftology, and giftology says A, B, and C. No gifting on anniversaries, birthday, or Christmas. And if you are going to gift on a birthday, please don't do it via Facebook or an automated message because, you know, that does, the, the only reason we look at Facebook to go, look, I had 108 people that told me happy birthday or God, I suck. No one told me happy birthday. <laughs> right. But if you go to their home and read a handwritten, you know, hey, John, what a thrill. I remember the first time you and I met in the Tampa area. I was mm-hmm. giving you uh, grief about Philadelphia. They went to the World Series. But the one thing I remembered was your heart of a servant, how you were building this mastermind group. And I kept saying, raise your price, raise your price. And you said no. <laughs> and, and on your birthday, I just want to give you this gold coin just to celebrate what a great guy you are. That's a birthday card, uh, an automated dear Mr. Schumann Shuck. Uh, I, I don't even know what the hell your name is. Yeah. So think ABC. Now I would challenge you, um, you know, send a card on, uh, I think what April 17th is it this year's when we tax day, mm-hmm. send a card on that and say next year, do you want your W2 to read something different? You need to partner with me. I sure appreciate Stephen Ramos all about you. By the way, if I could grow a cool beard like you, it'd be a great tax day for me too. So that's our mission. All right. Well, that was like a mic drop. I was like writing notes down like so quick. That's such good stuff. And Jeremy Kane texted me. He goes, he has a great radio voice before you even told him you were in radio. <laughs> so you often talk to big corporations and their employees. You're training their employees what is the is it and i know for realtors and we'll get to and guys i I meant to say hold your questions we're going to kind of go through this we'll get to q a but definitely we'll try to save 15 20 minutes for real this time not 10 at the end we will get to your questions so make sure you got questions for dave but i agree with you dave you know my biggest thing going back to what they were saying about birthdays and automated text is You can't outsource your personality. And we talk about that on the mastermind every Tuesday morning when people are like, oh, I'm hiring someone to do my social media. You can't outsource your personality. That's why I think when I was, you know, pushing Sarah a little bit about showings, Sue did it right. And she's not on the call today, right? Like just show up, be at a showing, take a picture. And people like Sarah, right? People like Sue. Oh, there's Sue. Sue is there. People like Sue, people like Sarah, people like John, they want to see me um sorry sue i called you out when you were here they they want to see us but what is the biggest objection like why do you think people struggle with this so much you've made a career out of it because people struggle like what is the one main thing that holds people back well i call it the 727 so when you're on the telephone you have seven seconds and this is what i call a pattern interrupt 
So I can't see Alyssa, Deborah, Hannah, or Chris. Now I can see Hannah and Chris, so I could determine their personality type, but I haven't seen any body language for Alyssa and Deb. Uh, and it could be Deborah, it could be Deb. There's a whole bunch of things that go on. I have seven seconds where when they first talk, I'm like, I don't know if I like them, pattern interrupt. And then I have 27 seconds to build a relationship. So my first note to you would be, don't treat people how you want to be treated. That's called the golden rule, which I support 110%. But I coach what's called the platinum rule. Treat them how they want to be treated. So I know that Vincent, uh, and I'll use Vincent for an example, he is what we call a compliant. And the interesting thing is, and, and this is the only reason I'm saying it is, Vincent is going to follow the rules because I notice in his car he's pulled over He's pulled over to do the training today. Now, a dominant would be driving down the road, having a conversation. So I want to make sure when I work with Vincent, it's correct. Vincent, I want to treat you correct. Those are the right things you do. What you just did is you followed the rules and you took your test on time. Now I've got to be able to pick that up on the phone because I, I've got about seven seconds to build a relationship and here's the real reason. The reason we don't call is we don't like it when other people call us. Mm -hmm. And we build this big story of, well, you know, at eight o'clock at night, I got to be honest with everyone on this call. And typically I don't lie to anybody on the call. So whenever somebody leads with, I got to be honest, you're thinking, hmm, what have you been saying? <laughs> I can't remember the last time I had a live person call me on the phone. Now I've had a lot of automated operators. But I would, I would love to hear somebody that actually that's how they make their living is picking up the phone and calling and say, hey, John, is that you? Hey, it's me, Dave. I'm calling to apologize. We haven't talked in over a year. Oh, John, I'm sorry. It's Dave Tester. Um, Dave Tester, who's Dave Tester, having this conversation. And then all of a sudden, it's aha. You figure out who it is. Well, by that time, I'm already in the door and I'm talking to you about your disappointment at the Super Bowl, which again, my, my, why, real... why Dave, why you got to keep bringing it up, Dave, why there you go <laughs> so that I can get a micro agreement. Cause I bet you, they wouldn't get there. I'm going to hop on the train. I'm going to meet you at Philly station. And I just want to talk to you a little bit about the three properties you have. You probably already sold those, but I I'd at least like to learn more what day would work best Monday, Wednesday, or Friday. And it doesn't have to be a long conversation. So what I'll share with all of you is I am afraid of heights. So I can no more tell you if you don't like to pick up the phone that, oh, that come on, just suck it up and pick up the phone. Mm -hmm. Then you can tell me, go get on the, uh, go in a tall building in New York city and lean over the edge. Mm -hmm. Guess what? I genuinely feel that, but I'm going to give you tools that help you don't face the wall. So when I say, pick up the phone, I want you to have purpose process and payoff. What's the purpose of the call? What's the process? Do I believe in scripts? Absolutely. Why wouldn't you? A doctor uses them. A pilot uses them. The problem in sales. That's the first time. Interestingly enough, John, when you said I'd been working in sales for 30 years, typically what I'll tell people, I've, I've been doing it for a little bit. It just means I'm old. You know, I fell asleep by a tree and I woke up and I got this beard so what I, what I want to do is I want to make people feel comfortable and that's the goal. So our first call of the day is what we call a three by nine. I call three of my current customers by nine o'clock in the morning. So I'd say, Hey, Madison, it's Dave. Remember when I sold you that home, uh, two years ago, I'm just calling to say, thank you, Madison. I really appreciate you. How have you been? 
And then I might say, Josh, what'd you like best about working with me? Josh might say, hey, your enthusiasm. Or Jeremy might just say, hey, it's your voice. But I'd say to Josh, when you say you liked how I followed up on phone calls, tell me more. Mm -hmm. And then I might say to Tina, hey, Tina, is there anything I could have done better? Is there anything I could have done better? And she might say, well, come to think of it. Or And then when, when I get to this point, I would say, Sarah, oh, by the way, who do you know that I should know? Is there anybody you know that I should know? Somebody that, and then I'm going to play back all the good things that Sarah said. Somebody that's frustrated that people don't return phone calls. I remember Sarah, the reason she liked me was I was, I was responsive on the phone. Somebody that's pushy. Well, the one thing she said about me, I wasn't pushy. I showed a lot of homes, but I wasn't pushy. And then I do that. And then when I get done, I go, Hey, Steven, real quick, remind me of your email. It's Steven at gmail.com. And he's going to, no, 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 Dave. It's S Ramos six, seven, one at gmail.com. Would it be okay if I sent you a quick link and you gave me a thumbs up? That's, uh, hmm. that's how they, uh, acknowledge me in the, I forgot to ask you for, but notice how I said thumbs up. I'm not asking for a review, anything like that. So I've done a handful of things. One, I got a testimonial. So one is Josh talked about how he liked how I picked up my phone. So one, I got a testimonial. Two is if something's broke, I can fix it. Three is I got a referral and recommendation. Four is I got a five-star Google review. I make three of those calls every morning. That way, Christopher, when I have to now call and we'll use Alyssa and Deb as answers because they don't, now I got to call Alyssa and Deb. I'm afraid to do that, but I'm like, Man, I had a great conversation with Heather. Vincent just got his license, and and uh, Stephen, we had a good talk. So I think I can call Alyssa and Deb, and then I make my ten dials for each day. So I think being, and I hate to use the word afraid, because if I asked anybody on this call, are you afraid to make phone calls? Nobody's going to go. Yep, I hate to make them. I'm afraid. Yep, I'm afraid. Oh no, that doesn't bother me a bit. Mm-hmm. But if you ask me, you know, Dave, do you like to get on airplanes? Yeah, I'll get on an airplane. Is that your favorite thing in the world to get on an airplane and ride through turbulence? Nope. Can't think of anything I wouldn't rather do except for go up on the, the uh, stratosphere, which I did to shoot a video to try to overcome. Mm-hmm. So jot this down, do one thing every day that scares you to death. So for me, it's to talk to strangers. One thing every day that scares you to death. And my, you know, and people go, well, I can't imagine that, Dave. Look, if Jeremy gives me a number to call, I'm going to have, I'm going to be a little nervous about it. I'm going to be worked up. But I'm like, what was your one thing today that scared you to death? Well, I met a guy named Jeremy. He's a friend of John. We called up a customer that wouldn't respond to him. And he responded and set an appointment. Or he said the reason he didn't like Jeremy was he didn't work on Tuesdays. And now Jeremy's going to start working on Tuesdays. So I did that one thing that scared me to death. Do you think, Dave, am I kind of hearing part of this? I, I mean, I, I I know that a lot of us, hey, some of us, right? A lot of you found me because you weren't good at social media and I tried to help you get good at social media is kind of using the phone the same that it's kind of like, hey, part of it, part A is stretching that muscle that you haven't used and is part B the kind of like the uh, 727 where uh, like, you kind of figure out, okay, once you kind of overcome part A of the fear and stretch using that muscle, part B is like kind of honing in on like how to, how to really talk to people once you make the dial. I think it it has to be a plan. I mean, we all have to ask this question. Why 
do 3% of the realtors make 97% of the income? I mean, that that's a fact of life. And so what I've done is I've interviewed those top realtors and one of, I have a, a small, I don't know, home uh, base in a town called Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. And the, there's a gentleman there, his name's John Butler, and he's the number one realtor in the world for Century 21. Now, first of all, I'd go, how on earth in a town of less than $100,000? So I interviewed John and said, what was it? And he said, well, back when I started out, they had some, uh, something called pay phones. Now, there's a probably more people on this call that don't know what a pay phone is than do know what a pay phone is. But his three by nine is he walked every day, he did a dollar's worth of calls, which was 10 dimes went to the payphone and he made his 10 calls, whatever that looked like. And then he had that other thing, which I told you, he shoveled 10 driveways and, and did those type of things. And he became the number one realtor in the world for Century 21. Now people always ask me, what's that mean? What's it means he's making a lot of money. Okay. <laughs> I'll just be real. You know, somebody goes, is that gross or net or is that this or that? I, I go, look, I could care less what it is. I, I've seen the houses he owns on the lake. I see the but I also know he works seven days a week. Now, this isn't about work-life balance. It's everybody on this call saying, do I want to be in the top 3% or do I want to be on the 97%? Mm -hmm. The people you meet, the books you read, or the podcasts you listen to will determine your wealth. The number of calls you make in a day will determine your wealth. The easy way is not to do it, but that's really the hard way. The hard way is pick up the phone, follow a script, and then have daily discipline. What's that like? So mine's three by nine, which I already told you, 10 and two, which I still make my, I mean, I still have to generate business. And uh, by the way, as John said, big, it doesn't matter if I talk to a big business or a small business, they still have the same challenges. I work for a billion dollar company that builds all of the Walmarts, the Home Depots, all of the Lowe's, they build all of those. And guess what? They have the same problem. Why won't you pick up the phone and call your customer? Well, I don't want to bug him. And Billy gets really mad. And then I call up Billy and find out that Billy lives just down the road from us. And we go to Starbucks. We go to Starbucks. Remember, micro agreement. Mm -hmm. Starbucks, because we want to take somebody who's a prospect. And pretty much anybody for us is a prospect. Prospect to become a possibility. Who's a possibility? Anybody that agrees. Probability is a second appointment and a client is when they either list with us or they buy from us. So always think in your mind, where are they at? A probability, a possibility, a probability or a client. And that's the system that we want to have. And once we say, I want to be in that top 3%, back to what you said, John, kind of like with me in social media, I've told John this, so I'm not telling you anything. I said, it's an utter waste of time. And John said, well, you may think that, but do you want to generate more customers? So now because of John, I do one posting. I'm not going to say it's good, bad, or ugly, but I do one posting once a week. I'm putting a buy button. I'm, I'm taking action on this stuff that I don't like to do. But guess what else I don't like to do? I don't like to go to the gym. Mm -hmm. I don't like to just eat protein. I like to eat carbs. But if my body wants to look the way I want it to look, and if my checkbook or my bank account or Venmo, whatever you want to refer to it, wants to look the way it wants to look, then I guess I better get a social media presence. But the good news is it's up to me, no different than whether everybody on this group. If you want to get more listings, you got to pick up the phone. And here's the interesting thing. I've, I've 
when I say sold, I'm talking about me personally sold my own home. I didn't, I mean, I listed it with a realtor, but probably in my lifetime, I've had at least 10, maybe 15 homes. Only one time did I have a realtor knock on my door and say, Hey, do you want to list with me? And by God, when he knocked on my door, I didn't end up listening with him, but I let him walk through my house and look through because I thought, Dude, if you've got the gumption to knock on my door and uh, I'm going to give you a shot on this. And Darren Hardy, who's been uh, very instrumental, he wrote the foreword to my first book. That's how he got started in the business was banging on people's doors in San Diego. He was about Vincent's age, maybe a year younger. And they're like, no, you don't want to bang on doors. Nobody does that. Well, I don't know. Sounds like a good process to me. Either bang on doors or pick up phones. But that's the good thing is we get to decide. Everybody on this call gets to decide what what kind of day they're going to have today. Can be a good day or a bad day. I told you I've got a foot of snow on the ground. I'm jacked about it. I'm like, oh, good. I get to put my rig in four-wheel drive. I want to see how that handles. I can't wait. This is going to be awesome. There's another group here that's like, oh, we came to wine tasting company and I'm so disappointed. Yeah. All right. So, so we all, I don't, I don't know anyone on this call that's really good at using the phone to reach out to our clients. Let's even say it's, it's, it's a client already. Okay. They've bought a home and I'm, I'm like feeling guilty. I wrote notes that like, geez, birthday, Christmas, new year's is when I check in. Now I try to do a few more and I do a pretty good job, but I'm like, Oh crap. Like I'm not checking in at the right times. So I call a client I think I'll, I'll just be honest. My fear is they just think I'm fishing for more business. So how do I have that conversation with Mark where Mark doesn't feel like John's just calling me for more business? Well, remember the script I gave you. Thank you. So it's pretty simple. There's five things. Thank you. Best. Better. Oh, by the way. And then I will ask for a five-star Google because John, guess what? Mm-hmm. 64% of our customers are dying to help us. They just don't know how they don't know how. So John, you're not a client of mine, but if I asked for help, would you help me? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, then that's, well, when I call John, all he thinks he wants to do is help me with a Facebook link and, and meet the owner of the Phillies. That's all he wants versus You'd I met the owner, Dave. I need you to meet Kellen Moore, okay? Not John Middleton. Meet Kellen Moore. I just talked to him two weeks ago. You know he's a good friend of mine. But I know. That's why I said that. <laughs> oh, okay. So my whole point to that, John, is yeah. we, we put that in our head. Of So if you're making a sales call, Madison, what kind of coffee do you have, by the way? I'm going to check in on Madison. Unfortunately, it's water. Oh, okay. Well, no, that's a good I thing. I just saw Madison with a cup over there. I'm like, dang, where do you I live, wish. Madison? I am in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. So if somebody came to Harrisburg, what would you say is the one thing they need to see? <laughs> that's a tough one. The okay, Chick-fil-A. How about this? How about <laughs> yeah, Madison? The inside what, of the Chick-fil-A. Yeah. So what would be the top three? So if you said, let's narrow it down to three, Madison, what would be the top three? Well, if I'm specifically talking about Harrisburg, um, I always would reference like downtown with our market um, or, you know, everybody wants to explore the capital because we are the capital of the state. But I really venture kind of more outside of the city on the outskirts. I'm in Lincolnstown, so I always would tell them to venture to outside skirts of, of Harrisburg away from the city. Sure. And Madison, real quick, who's your ideal customer? 
Uh, for me, it's first-time home buyers, typically between 20 and 30. All right. Now, Madison, I did hear you say a Chick-fil-A. What is there? A lot of Chick-fil-A's there? Is that where the founder was? Or it is tell me more. Sean's family's Chick-fil-A. My brother-in-law okay. operates the Chick-fil-A there and she frequents it. She said she was going to go and ask for free. That's for food. him. Sure. Madison, if I were to recommend you to someone, what would I tell them about you? Um, you could tell them that I work extremely hard and diligent for my clients. I'm very organized. And I think that I give a lot of my time to my clients to make sure that they're very knowledgeable in this process. That's my top goal is just making sure that they're extremely knowledgeable on everything that they do. By the way, Madison, what are your top three business challenges? So if you were to say, let's pretend it's a year from right now. So it'd be April 4th, 2024. What three things would have to happen for you to be pleased with your progress? Um, I think it would just be more of my own personal development, just trying to make sure that I'm doing everything that I should be doing. That's why I joined with John. So that way I'm at my utmost potential of being a good agent, but also just making sure of the client referrals and trying to make sure that I'm constantly checking back in with my clients and my social media presence. That's my three things. So of those three things, which would you say is number one? So personal development, referrals and recommendations or checking in, uh, what what would you say would be, if you had to pick one, what's the most important? For me, it's my clients. So like everything else kind of gets on the back burner. I'm always mm-hmm. more focused on my client. Sure. What's the number one key? I'm, I'm kind of peeking in here, looking at your shelves and I see your dog taking a slumber. What is the, what would you say is the number one key to being organized? Um, I think it's just a matter of having a system and developing that. I know we talk a lot about that on here as far as, you know, what we do. I'm very organized as far as being on my desktop. Um, that's where all my stuff happens. I sit here for hours a day organizing. So um, I just kind of have my own system that works for me that might be different for other people. Sure. And Madison, if I offered enough value, if you got done today and you said, man, Dave offered value um, helped me get referrals and recommendations. In fact, is he gave me uh, two of his books, the audio version. Would you be willing to give me a thumbs up on Amazon? Would that be something you'd be open to? Or would you feel like I was being salesy? No, I didn't think you were salesy at all. I actually really appreciate that about you. <laughs> sure. Absolutely. Okay, Madison. So John, we'll use that as a real life example. I'm having a conversation with a stranger. Yeah. Now, I do have the advantage that I can see her. Okay. So I'm assuming she likes dogs. (laughs) I'm assuming she told me she's organized, but you know, so I'm using the pattern interrupt three things question going from here question. And by the way, it's not a manipulation tool. I'm Mm -hmm. genuinely interested in Madison, genuinely interested. How can I help Madison ask for more referrals and recommendation? Because she's of the mindset. If I work hard enough, my customers will give me referrals and recommendations. Yeah. By the way, nobody's going to outwork Madison. However, Madison, we don't know that you need help. We don't know that. We're like, Madison's kicking butt. Mm-hmm. So if I can help Madison ask everybody, and here's all you have to do, Madison, by the way, I want to share a story with you how I grow my business. Mm-hmm. So Josh, what I do is, is I underpromise, I overperform. And when I get done, people go, man, I had the best experience I've ever had with Madison in my life. I want to recommend her, refer to a friend. Madison, who do you know that I should know? 
Mm-hmm. And if Madison will own that line, who do you know that I should know? We'll be able to grow our business. Now, by the way, that's not just going to grow our business because somebody's going to say, oh, well, I've got a friend and, and his cousin owns or his parents own a Chick-fil-A. Then I've got to say real quick, remind me of their cell number. It's 212. Oh, no, no, no. It's 36541. So I've got to go to that next step. But for right now, Madison, just get in the habit, and hopefully you wrote that down in big, bold letters. Ask every single one of your clients that you've busted your butt for, who do you know that I should know? That was crazy. That was so good, Dave. Thank you. And what I thought, I don't even know if you guys noticed this. I'm sure a few of you, Jeremy, you lead calls. I bet you do. So Dave has, by name, mentioned every single person on this call. No one's ever done that, right? I've never, I don't even know that I do that. Right. Maybe when I'm yelling at you guys to get on video and stop doing your other work. But in the first five, five seconds. <laughs> yeah, I think it's so interesting because I'm even thinking, Dave, like, hey, when I sit down with a client, I recently sat down with a mom who's selling and the two spouses helping mom. So I'm thinking back like, oh, did I mention all of them by name? Did I feel like I gave them all 33% of the conversation? Or did I talk to, I know that I just talked to the husband 70% of the time. Now that might not be bad if he's running the show, but I think what I'm learning, and I don't even know, this probably is intentional for you is like, hey, am I reading the room? Am I addressing everyone in the room? I know you, I mean, Vincent Puglisi does a great job on our mastermind calls. Like, hey, well, hold on, John, right? Because I'm the loud guy. Hold on, Dave, we haven't heard from you. What do you think about this, right? I, I try and I think I do a good job of like, I'll call on people and people on this call know like if they haven't spoken and it's 1050, they're probably going to get called on. But I I just, Dave, tell us, I'm, I'm guessing that's intentional and tell us how we can do that a little better as realtors in meeting with clients. So it just depends on where we're at in our relationship. But yes, so John, we have to get really good at listening. So here's my favorite note for everybody. If you're talking, your prospect isn't listening. So if you find yourself talking, they're not listening. However, if you find them telling you, kind of like Maddie was talking, so she was listening. But remember, I'm asking great questions. I'm steering where the conversation is going. So you have to ask great questions. So the most important thing, if you find yourself Oh, I remember that ball headed guy and I don't even remember where he lived. And he said, if I was talking, they're not listening and I'm talking and I'm really thinking about other stuff and when to ask for the clothes. Uh Oh, I better ask a great question. I hope you guys enjoyed that and enjoyed my interview with Dave Tester. I first of all will apologize. I forgot to kind of give the outro for Dave. Uh, while he was on with us, and then we got to our Q&A. So I do apologize, uh, but I hope you really enjoyed this interview with Dave. Certainly an amazing guest, you know, and great to speak to and does a great job speaking to realtors about overcoming adversity, about overcoming objections, about just building relationships, um, about, you know, all those different things. And so I hope you will check out Dave's work. You can go to godavetester.com to check out his work. And you can also check out his books. They are on Amazon. I have bought them and gotten into them. I hope you will as well. I know people on the membership call that Monday sent me pictures later of them reading Dave's book. So 
His first book is called Dialing Strangers, Overcoming Your Hangups and Producing Cold Calls That Sell. Great book. And then his book, Fearless Communication, How to Energize Your Team for Success on the Phone. So I promise if you guys buy these books and invest in them, they will be they will be worth your time and investment. Um, and yeah, check them out. Thank you guys so much for listening today. Hope you really enjoyed this interview. I'm so glad to have you with me. And I will see you guys again very soon. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Survival Guide. If you enjoyed this episode, we would appreciate it if you'd leave us a review on iTunes. It helps others discover the show. Thank you so much. And we will see you on the next episode.